when you just look at that attribution path and you take out every touch point except for the last one, it creates a visual understanding of what the real implications are of these cookie blocking mechanisms as well as the other IDFA and privacy issues. Welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media. And like always, I will be both your host and your bartender today. Today, I am joined by Dylan Tui. He is the CMO and principal at OneNet, and we are going to be diving into digital privacy changes. So relax, grab a drink, and let's dive into my conversation with Dylan. Dylan is principal and CMO at OneNet, which is a digital marketing agency serving the technology sector. They do work with SaaS companies, uh, little known ones you may or may not have heard of, Google, Intuit, and LinkedIn. But today, Dylan and I are talking about digital privacy changes, which hopefully you guys are no stranger to, uh, but namely the banning of third-party cookies in Google Chrome starting next year and its impact on B2B marketing. We will, of course, address all the other fun acronyms that Dylan likes to talk about, GDPR and CDPA and IDFA. But before we dive in, I do want to make sure that we learn a little bit more about our guest, Dylan. Where are you based? Where are you sitting today? Uh, we're in Victoria, BC, which is on the west coast of Canada, close to Vancouver. Awesome. Has that been your home for quite some time? Yeah, it has since 2007 when I started the agency. Now, typically, Dylan, we send our guests a cocktail kit, but I did not realize we couldn't send it to you in Canada. So I'm sorry, literally leaving you high and dry. My guess is that you're not joining me for a drink today, but I didn't want to make that assumption. Well, I'll have a coffee. You're going to be very not impressed with what I'm drinking because what you're about to hear is actually a can. This is a can of wine. <laughs> this is a can of red wine. We had to ship wine to our people, and it was really difficult to ship bottles, so we ended up shipping cans. So I'm digging into that today. But let's get a little bit of background on OneNet. Can you give us the elevator pitch on what it is that you guys do? Yeah, so we're a creative and digital marketing agency. So what that means is we're helping oftentimes early-stage tech companies, most of which are SaaS, come to market for the first time, typically venture-backed trying to establish a brand and a web presence for the very first time. And then once we achieve that, we'll go into demand generation. So various organic and paid uh, advertising strategies to drive, you know, registrations, MQLs uh, into the sales pipeline. And Dylan was actually a listener of SaaS Half Full, which thank you and I love. And he reached out to me on LinkedIn and I told him he has a future in PR because his pitch to me was wonderful. He actually said, I listened to this specific episode and have some additional thoughts on it. So you listened to my interview with Adrian Cohn from Smartling, where we talked about the ROI of brand marketing. And I was curious, what about that episode made you want to reach out? Well, I think there was a couple of mentions there as to the I think you said something to the extent of like nefarious or rather generic approach to branding and how digital advertising in its current state is all predicated primarily on attribution and, and ROI. And I think I responded to that by saying, well, things are going to change here with a lot of the data privacy and the technology changes that are coming out to address that. So I guess from an advocacy perspective, a brand advertising 
just kind of parlay that into another conversation just to say that the future of brand advertising, and I would consider PR part of that, is actually probably going to be quite bright. Yes, it is. We are evidence of that. Uh, but you admitted that as a performance marketer that historically you were not a believer in that brand marketing investments drove any sales. But this changed. So do tell. So a little backstory. I started in affiliate advertising. More specifically, I was on the publishing side. So running campaigns on behalf of other brands, getting paid a commission to do so or a cost per lead to do so. So I grew up in this world of direct response. Conversion is king. ROI is everything for every channel that you invest in. But over the last couple of years, what I've realized in helping take uh, new tech and SaaS products to market and also working with larger branded clients, like you mentioned off the top, is a real fundamental shift that's happening back towards brand awareness campaigns and brand advertising in general. And I see it firsthand with how our ad spends have been reduced and replaced with content marketing spends or spends that are more directly related to just building awareness as opposed to direct response or activation. And our budgets have shifted. And I would say like over the last two years, as a result of some of these technology changes, we're seeing our budgets being reallocated. So we're still doing marketing. It's just moved towards brand and awareness and more away and less involved in direct response. It is. It does. And you had mentioned that there was particularly a book that you read that made you stop and think that maybe there was a different way of thinking. What was that book? Yeah, it's called How Brands Grow. It's by a professor, business professor out of Australia named Byron Sharp. I've read a lot of business books and advertising marketing over the last decade. And I'd say by far, this is the most substantial fact-based, stats-based book that I've ever read on how actually brands grow and how companies grow. And it's not because of direct response. It's due to just simply put massive amounts of brand impressions. And when you can focus on distributing the brand and having repeat brand awareness throughout the market, whether that be digital or traditional, over time, that investment will trunk actually be substantially more than any immediate direct response effort, such as an ad that says, click now, buy now. So that book really shifted my mindset and then paired with how we're seeing our ad spends get reduced in favor of more brand awareness and content marketing really shone the light on me and kind of put us in this conversation here. And I think that there's some underlying technology that's helping to shift a lot of the advertising budgets and demand towards brand and brand awareness. Most marketers with the, the hefty budget and firing on all cylinders will say that there is roughly 30% of their budget that they would put into what's called the brand spend, that they can attribute no direct ROI but they know if they take that away that everything else suffers. And we are big believers in that. Obviously, PR plays in the brand spend, but I completely agree with that sentiment. And I'm glad to hear that people are starting to put more dollars into brand. I mean, we saw this even last year, as soon as all physical events went away and all of a sudden it was digital only. I think a lot of brands stood back and looked at what their perception was online or without the handshake and didn't necessarily like what they saw. And all of a sudden the competition who had a stronger brand was starting to pull ahead. 
it's why we've seen bigger investments in us as an agency as well. But in your message to me, you predicted that brand spend would increase even more in 2021 and that, that the new privacy regulations will be what's driving that. So unpack that for us a little bit. I think as like digital marketers, digital advertisers, we have been kind of in a state of bliss for the last decade, ad tech in particular. And what I mean by that is we've been able to track everyone, track everything, and measure the entire customer journey from that first impression right through that conversion event on your website. And I think there's three converging events that are happening right now that are really going to drastically change how these budgets are allocated. And I think it's going to be positive to brand and awareness and negative to direct response. And the three factors, in my opinion, is number one, the demise of the third-party cookie. And for the listeners that maybe aren't too familiar with this, cookies are really how the web operates and how content is served up on the web. And there's two categories of cookies. There's a first-party cookie, which is written by the domain, the website, or the app that the user is on. And then there's third-party cookies, cookies that come from other websites. The entire industry of behavioral advertising and remarketing and retargeting is currently predicated on the use of these third-party cookies. And a good example of this, just to add some practicality to the conversation, is the popular recipe site allrecipes.com. If you were to go there right now, go to allrecipes.com, and in the browser bar, type forward slash ads.txt, that's ads.txt, you'll see a list of all these different third-party advertising networks. And all of those third-party advertising networks are dropping third-party cookies on users' browsers so you can follow them around the internet and so that you can do retargeting, you can do behavioral targeting. Now, what's happening is major browsers are now blocking third-party cookies. So what that means is if you're participating in any media buying or advertising, that is using an ad network or an ad exchange, the ability to track users across multiple domains is going to stop, deaden its tracks. It just simply won't be possible. And as a result, attribution is going to go away. Now, if you can't correctly attribute and understand each touch point in the customer journey, then what's going to happen to those direct response advertising budgets? Well, what's going to happen is they're going to be replaced with brand. And the reason for that is if you can't justify an ROI for a specific channel because you lack third-party cookies because they're being blocked by the browser, then naturally, where are you going to put your advertising dollars? And here at OneNet and many other colleagues and friends in the industry they talk to believe that there's going to be an uptick in uh, more traditional ad placements in a digital context that might mean more influencer-based marketing and advertising. Can't measure someone talking about a product. Ads inside of videos, so in-content advertising, as well as just general, more traditional brand sponsorships. So I think that that's like the first variable, the first major privacy thing that's going to drastically affect the ad industry. The second major thing that's happening is an increase in privacy legislation across the world. So two years ago, we were introduced to the GDPR over in Europe. And as a result, everyone put those cookie consents on their websites, asking people to opt in before the website dropped the cookie on the user's machine. In California, they rolled out the California Consumer Protection Act. 
And there's other similar legislations that are being rolled out in Brazil, in Japan, in Australia. And what this is going to result in is legally websites and apps have to ask a user's permission before they can drop a cookie or an ad identifier on the user's machine. So to be compliant with the laws, most websites are going to have to ask for this. And most people are going to say no, as people in general get more concerned about privacy and how they're being tracked around the web. These laws are coming into force. And I do believe they will be wide scale across North America in the next two years. And then the third major variable that's happening is Apple's IDFA. So this has been uh, a lot of coverage in the news lately, but basically starting in 2021, Apple has essentially inverted the way it treats IDFAs. And IDFA is an acronym that means identifier for advertisers. And it's specific to mobile devices. So each mobile device has an IDFA, which is essentially like a fingerprint for that device. Now, what Apple is doing is every time you download an app, anytime you go to a website using an app, a pop-up window is going to come or a pop-up message is going to launch on your iOS device. And it's going to say something to the extent of, do you wish to share personal identifiable information with this app or with this website? And the user is going to be given two options, yes or no. Now, which option do you think users are going to click? They're going to say no. And as a result, Apple's going to block tracking for apps and for websites. So Apple's stepping up their game as it pertains to privacy from the device level. And then we're seeing the legislation increase, cookie consent and other privacy legislation, making it harder and harder for websites to track users. And then we have the actual browsers itself going to start blocking these third-party cookies, which will uh, make it extremely difficult to do attribution. So obviously that lends itself to brand and awareness, which means if you're doing brand advertising, you're doing PR, you're doing content marketing, influencer, et cetera, you're probably in a pretty good place right now. Well, for you SaaS marketers that are, are listening right now, if you don't know what those three things are, just stop listening. You're totally screwed. You have no hope for 2022. Forget about it. These are <laughs> these these are things you need to know, and they they're happening. And starting in in 2022 with wiping out third party cookies from Google Chrome, I read a statistic that it it says it will render up to 85 percent of current digital marketing useless in the cookie ecosystem. That is massive. So thinking about this marketing bliss, as you called it, that we've been in for the last decade, and if we're wiping out fundamentally 85% of it with this one change in 2022, marketers need to be prepared. And you have this sense that we're not. And even just looking at your own client base, you had admitted that many of them do not understand the implications of these privacy changes and that there is going to be panic among marketing and sales teams when this happens without a proactive strategy. And it's it's a bit ominous to think about that this is happening, but so many people aren't either aren't talking about it, they're doing the ostrich approach, or maybe don't fundamentally realize the effect it's going to have on their current strategy. Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be a massive panic button. <laughs> and isn't that always the case? We saw it with the GDPR rollout, right? How many people scrambled last minute to make that cookie consent banner on their website to avoid fines 
in the UK and in, in Europe. And that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg, as you mentioned, Lindsay. I think also, I don't know if it's an issue of ignorance or just um, misinformation or lack of education, but I truly don't think that most digital marketers really understand the technology that powers their advertising. I think what's happened over the last two years is AI has really taken off. You can now buy ads on ad exchanges on Facebook and Google and just give it an objective. And then the algorithms go to work and they determine the best locations, the best websites, the best placements to display your ads backing out to that conversion metric. And so as media buyers, we get lazy. You say, oh, I'm going to put in my ad creative and my targeting parameters. I'm going to give it a target CPA. I'm going to let the algorithms go to work and I'm just going to sit back and kind of measure the results. And that's all fine and dandy because it allows what is traditionally a human-based, a human-powered business in media buying to scale. And we've benefited from that. But then the downside is you don't understand the technology that these algorithms are relying on, which at the end of the day is these third-party cookies and the ability to have consent from the user to write those cookies uh, to the user's machine. And so if you're lacking all of this and you don't understand the technology because you're just using the AI to buy the ads and distribute the ads for you, I often think that's probably an indicator that you need to educate to avoid this panic situation. There is a really good podcast that's called MI3. I'm not related to it whatsoever. So they, they have a really good podcast episode titled The Cookie Apocalypse, How to Ensure Your Business, Tech Stack, and Job Survives in 2022. How's that for a title? MI3 does a good job in covering this topic, which is often referred to as the cookie apocalypse. But then again, there's the other two factors I mentioned, the IDFA and the privacy legislation just compounding and merging all together. Dylan, who should be the person within an organization owning this responsibility? Because it, it goes across a lot of individual practitioner levels in terms of discipline, but who ultimately should be owning this conversation and pushing this conversation? Does this belong to the CMO? Does this Should this be driven by the CEO? Where does this live and whose responsibility is it? I think it's a shared responsibility with the CIO and the CMO. The chief information officer needs to understand how their websites and how their mobile apps and their web properties collect data. And the CMO needs to understand how they leverage that data out there in these ad exchanges in the media buying landscape in order to target and attribute signups, sales, MQLs, et cetera, to the advertising efforts. So I, I do think it's a joint responsibility. And in your opinion, what are things that marketing teams should be doing or if it's a CMO should be doing right now if they're not talking about it, which let's hope that they are. But if you're bringing your marketing team together next week to start this conversation, what should they be doing to prepare for 2022? I think just understanding it, and oftentimes we need to gravitate to visual tools to help us understand that. Most media buyers or most advertising teams who are buying media have some sort of attribution tracking technology in place, whether it's a free one that's built inside of Google Analytics or something more enterprise level like Adobe or Omniture. They have a tool, and that tool shows you the different touch points that a customer had uh, with your ads and with your website prior to a conversion event. And when you just look at that, attribution path and you take out every touch point except for the last one, it creates a visual understanding of what the real implications are of these cookie blocking 
mechanisms as well as the other IDFA and privacy issues. When you can visualize that and say, okay, on average, let's say a B2B SaaS company, the average customer needs 10 to 12 touch points uh, before they register for a free trial. Well, if you take out 11 of those 12 touch points, how do you justify this spend in touch points one through 11? You can't because you have no more attribution, you have no more insight. So to visually understand that impact, I think is number one. And then number two is if a CMO is not trained or does not have a technical background, they need to learn really quick. And I think that's where partnering with like the CIO and understanding the underlying technology that's powering this targeting, powering the behavioral advertising and understanding how cookies are shared inside of ad exchanges would be like step number two. And then I'd say step number three is start planning your brand and your awareness campaigns. Start getting your content in place. Start understanding how influencer channels work. Start understanding how to do proper brand sponsorship inside of video content on websites within mobile apps. Because when you can't measure the full funnel, you might as well go top of funnel and you might as well be prepared to do that. And maybe start ramping up or investing more in your PR efforts. Well, there's a plug for your your agency. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't not. Brand. It's a brand spend. This is, I guess, more of a, a personal response for you. Is if you, when you're looking at at 2022 as someone running a digital marketing agency, what scares you the most and excites you the most about the upcoming changes? Listen, brand advertising is fun, right? Because uh, to be honest, that's when you can be the most creative. Creating compelling content gets the user's attention and drives them towards uh, an action. I think is really fun. And that's what excites me. Content creation is part of brand. The ad campaigns, the content strategy can be just more interesting to work on. So that's what excites me. What scares me is the inability to explain this to my clients. And just their general, like I said, nine times out of 10, they fundamentally don't understand how digital advertising actually works. And so what scares me is that educational piece. And why should they believe me? I'm not a data scientist. I don't work for an ad exchange. I don't work for Google or Apple or Facebook. We have good relationships with our clients, but we often don't have that trust authority when it comes to technology and, and this level of education. So that's what scares me the most is them just not understanding and it coming back on us. Well, why didn't we move our ad spend from direct response to brand sooner to avoid this type of catastrophe? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I do feel like there is a bit of a mind shift and I, I do credit the past year for this is that this idea of scaling revenue wins quarters, but a strong brand wins categories. And understanding that these two don't have to be mutually exclusive, but if you only focus on scaling revenue, that brand and how you're perceived and your market credibility is going to be diminished. So hopefully your clients will start to feel that and see that shift as well as they're trying to compete in their categories. Because I know that we have certainly education on our client side as well, because we are, we're the opposite side of it. We are all brand. And so on the education side of how are we measuring brand and how is brand supporting our overall marketing objectives and how are we plugging it in to be part of the rising tide that lifts all ships. So we have those education conversations as well, but it's on the opposite side. And hopefully in your side, the data will prove itself out and your hypotheses about where you should be spending your money will prove out. 
Thanks to Dylan for joining me on SAS Half Full. That was eye-opening. Hopefully, for those of you listening, that lit a fire under your ass and you are getting prepared for next year and the privacy changes. If you'd like to get a cocktail kit shipped to you, we definitely offer that to our listeners. Go to cocktailcourier.com and enter code SHF15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Appreciate the listen. Come back for more. And until next time, bottoms up.